praise the Lord. I love Wednesday nights because I don't, I just refuse to get all uptight about them. I, I work just like you all day long, just like you, trust me. Been in all day long, one thing after another, one issue after another. Been gone, traveling, and when I come back, it just stacks up. Phone calls and this and that, and staff and this and that and this and that. So I know, I know how you feel. Sometimes I come in here, the last thing on, that I feel like I'm able to do is preach because it's just not been a clear scheduled day for me right up to the service, amen. But God is faithful, he's good. If we relax, love him, flow with him. You know, you've already been to church. You didn't get nothing else. You're stronger and healthier. You look better than you did when you came in here. Praise the Lord. I feel like God wants somebody to know that he is your provider, always has been. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. I want to go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 for just a few moments tonight. Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'll begin reading with verse 1 as I preach to you tonight on the God of the impossible. The God of the impossible. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in an open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. There is a spirit of prophecy here tonight. And that's what was just happening in case you're new to this kind of church. That's more than just a little chill bump. We don't have a chill bump machine around here, goose bump. We don't have one of those. But when the spirit of God starts leading, there's a difference in somebody saying something and the anointing being on that thing. And it becomes a prophetic word for your life that's like, how did they, how did, why did he say that like that? Because that's what I need. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a prophecy over your impossibility. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Lord, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter in you, and you shall live. I'll put skin on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and the sinews and the flesh came upon them. The skin covered them over, and there was no breath in them. And he said, prophesy breath, prophecy, prophesy, prophecy, son of man, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, O come, four winds, O breathe, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. They lived stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. I want to talk to you about this powerful chapter and miracle and how that we serve the God of the impossible because that is exactly what is being described in this text. It starts out by saying that he was in the spirit in verse 1, that, that, that he brought me to a place, the hand of the Lord came on me to do something and he brought me out in the spirit. The importance of being in the spirit. It, 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 it's, it's a different thing when you're in the spirit. You see, what it really means is to be in step with the Holy Spirit. To be in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. To be in the spirit is to be in rhythm with him. To be in step, to be in tune with what God is doing. 
And he's not talking about just an out-of-body experience, but we can be in the Spirit. We can be in rhythm with his, with his leading and with His voice. In, in sync, one translation said, I was in sync with the Spirit. I was in step with what God was doing. Another translation said it means to be, to be in the Spirit means to be inspired. John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation. He said, I was in the Spirit. Now, he was in you know, a bad place, and a barren place, but he got in sync and in the Spirit. Paul was in a Philippian jail. Sewage, the sewage system of Rome was running through that jail. And yet, while he was there, ankle deep in sewage, he said, he has raised me up to sit in heavenly places. So there is something that can happen to you that regardless of where you are in the natural, it's possible that the hand of the Lord can come on you and you can get in the Spirit and you, you're there, but you're not there. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And then he said, the hand of the Lord, in verse 1, came upon me. That was one of the three or four, out of the four prayer requests that the Old Testament character Jabez had, one of the four was that your hand would be upon me. It's a powerful thing when the hand of the Lord comes upon you and you get in sync with the Spirit to do something. It's important to know why the hand of the Lord is upon you because you can't do everything. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, you can do what others cannot do. When His hand comes on you to do a thing, you will be more effective than someone who tries to do it without the hand of the Lord. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, what you could not have done by yourself, the hand of the Lord begins to make happen. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, you have protection. Amen. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, it upholds you. Even when you should not have succeeded, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, you succeed because the hand of the Lord can't fail when it touches something. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, nobody can do anything about it. No weapon formed against you will prosper, including your own stupidity. Devils can't stop it. Critics can't stop it. It's important it's important to, to pray a lot like Jabez did. Let your hand be upon me. I want your hand upon me. Put your hand upon me. More than praying for things and praying for stuff. It's important to beg God that your hand would be upon me. I want that, that tender touch of God on my life. The hand of the Lord is on you for something. Notice that. Not everything, but for something. And we need to pray that we would know what the hand of the Lord is on us to do. Not on us for just anything we pick or choose. In Acts 16 and verse 6, it says, They were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel in Asia. In other words, God said, I'm withdrawing my hand. You want to go do that, but I don't want you to do that. And I forbid you. Aren't you glad you've got a Holy Spirit that doesn't just open doors, but he closes doors. And if you don't believe it, look up your old girlfriend on Facebook and look at, look at what you almost married. But the Holy Ghost forbid you. Somebody ought to dance and shout and praise God right there. The investments you would have made, but the Holy Ghost took his hand off and said, do it and you, you won't have peace that I give you. See, Paul was wanting to go everywhere and preach. And so he just started heading off into Asia. But he, I love this, the wording of that. He was forbidden by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Spirit would not allow him to do it. 
We need to understand what it is for the hand of the Lord to come upon you to do a thing. Because if you get caught up in trying to do everything, it becomes a distraction from the thing that the hand of the Lord is upon you to do. God is a master orchestrator. And he puts somebody over Asia that he's already raised up and you don't need to feel a burden and feel like you failed the Lord, Paul, because you didn't cover Asia. I've already got somebody over there. I don't need you to be Superman. I need you to do what my hand comes on you to do extremely well. And, and, and when you do it, it will prosper. And stay focused on that. Somebody else will go to China. The hand of the Lord is on you to do one thing. Don't try to fix everything or you'll miss your one thing. Acts 16 and verse 9, Paul then, when the Holy Ghost forbids him to go to Asia, in the same chapter, he, he prays and he gets a vision of a man in Macedonia, in, in, in Greece, and he says, come and help us. And immediately we went. The Holy Spirit told, told, told him two times, don't go to Asia, don't go here, don't go there. And then he turns around and he gets a vision and the Holy Spirit says, go here. Come help us. In the vision, the man said, come help us. Immediately after the vision, we, Paul said, set out to go to Macedonia. We set out to go to Macedonia. It's important to pray that leadership will have the hand of the Lord on us to know what we are to do. Because if the leader is not being led by the hand of the Lord, it affects the we in the group that's following that leader. And, you, and I'm all you got. Right now, as a you got all these wonderful pastors. But we need to pray for the leadership of the hand of the Lord to do what he wants this church to do in the earth. We can't do everything everywhere, but we can do what nobody else can do when the hand of the Lord comes upon us to do a thing. Praise God. Praise God. The Holy Spirit can say, don't go here. And the Holy Spirit can say, go there. And... He sees that the needs are so great right now in the world. I really believe that. That we have to know what it is that the hand of the Lord is upon us to do. Because if the hand of the Lord is on you to do something, we can do whatever His hand is upon us to do from right here in these clay hills of northeast Georgia that can touch the world in profound ways. Hallelujah. We can touch the world if God's hand is on us to do it. We have to know what it is that the hand of the Lord is on us to do. Then notice something else. He said, when the hand of the Lord came on me, when I got in sync with the Spirit, he set me down in a valley. Took me to a low place. A lot of times, you know, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, seems like when it came on Paul, it raised him up to heavenly places. And when it came on John, it carried him to a city called New Jerusalem, high up. A voice said, come up, come up here. But what happens when the hand of the Lord is on you and rather than taking you to a mountain, he sets you down in a valley? When I get in the spirit and he allows me to go through the valley and his hand is upon me and, and causes me to go through low places, it's to make me feel and understand and turn my attention to people living in the low places. Because we are so self-centered that if we're not careful, we forget about people who are living in low places when we're high. 
And all along the journey, God will humble you. God will take his hand, will come upon you. And after winning, 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 he'll take you to a low place just to reconnect you to how people still feel. Just like you felt when you were low and you didn't know how in the world you were going to get out. And they need to hear from somebody who has been taken high. This is how God did it for me. There are people in the world who spend their entire life in low places. It's like the Spirit of God says to all of us who are so blessed, look into this valley. Look into these low places. Look into Haiti. Look into the, the disaster that's happening in the, in the south side of Chicago. 50 and 60 young people dying every weekend. And we just go on. Nobody says nothing. These are the low places. These are real people dying in our streets. In this city, under bridges. In this city, in prison, in this city, dying in rest homes, forgotten, no family. They're in low places. In this city, in, in poverty, like we can't even imagine. In this city, people totally strung out on drugs. Someone tonight is in a low place within five mile radius of this church, maybe drinking themselves to death for the last time, and will go into eternity. The Spirit of God doesn't just want to take you to high places. Sometimes the Spirit of God wants to make you sensitive about the valleys and the low places that people are in. The, 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 the pain of that, that I see sometimes in this church, this beautiful church that you're so generous, but when I go to Orange County and I preach out there and they bring every Sunday night a busload of girls, they trust us now. They didn't do this at first. They would bring just a, a, a handful. But now the, we, we, you and I, uh, we paid for a whole, a whole center for sex trafficking and we pay the salary of the workers on, in that ministry that get girls off of, Los, off of the streets of Los Angeles. On top of that, wait a minute, just not, I'm not doing it for that. I just want you to listen a minute. On top of that, we took on another project, I think it was a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and we, we took veteran women who had served in the United States veterans, uh, you know, in, in the services, and now they were out of the service. And what most people don't understand is sometimes... They find themselves in the transition place once they come out of the service. And bottom line, the mayor of Los Angeles said to Matthew Barnett, and then Matthew Barnett called me, and then I turned to you. <laughs> but, but he said, our number one problem in Los Angeles right now with homeless people, the biggest demographic that is growing in is veteran women. We need somewhere to put women who have served the United States Armed Forces. They're homeless and they're living on Skid Row in Los Angeles, which if you've never seen that place, if you've never been down there, if you've never rode through the streets that is called Skid Row in Los Angeles, it, 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 it blows your mind. You know, I found myself last week when I was in Washington and we were walking the streets, D.C., and and I just kept seeing the homeless people. And I just kept seeing the homeless people. And it's almost like you're cold to it. You're indifferent to it. And, I'm, and we can all say, well, they're there because they chose to be and all of that. And I understand personal responsibility. But does it really matter? If you're hurting... Didn't we all mess up? Did, do, do we all really want to go down that road if we, we get what we deserve? 
because should we be as blessed as we are? Come on, let's just be honest. And so we built that home. He had a little place there, and you you gave. Uh, it, he renovated the whole thing. It cost three hundred fifty thousand. And then we said we had extra money come in, and we said, well, we'll just we'll just furnish it too. And we furnished it. And there's forty women in that place. Isn't that beautiful? Forty women. Forty women that were homeless. That were that were homeless. But what touches me on Sunday nights a lot of times is out there that that. That little bus will pull up. It's a big bus, like a big school bus. It says on big words, Dream Center. And those girls that have been trafficked, and raped, and abused, God only knows what they've been through. They'll get off and they'll come in those services and they'll come in hard. But they keep bringing them. And they always come almost the first time when, when you preach. I don't ever worry about, I never get under pressure about altar calls out there because there's so many heathens. All you got to do is just throw the net out and you catch them. I mean, here in the Bible Belt, it's a little bit harder. But out there, I mean, honestly, I could say Jesus, Jesus died and rose again. Anybody want to get saved and your sins be forgiven and go to heaven? And they'll run to the altar. They don't know who David and Goliath are. They don't know who, they don't know, they never heard. You can't say, turn to the book of Mark. They're, they're like, what is that? Where is it? Where, where do I go to get it? They don't know. And I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I feel like the hand of the Lord has to come upon us to do some things that can make a difference in the low places. And when you go and see that, it'll rob you of your right to complain. It'll rob you of your right to feel sorry for yourself. Look into the low places. What would it be like if your biggest battle was your place? Where you're located. You could be as smart as somebody else, but you're just in the wrong place. You have just as much potential as everybody else, but you're just in the wrong place and you can't never get a break. There are people who are living in low places tonight. And I love the fact that God said to a prophet, can these bones live? And God he looks back at God and he says a political answer. Thou knowest, Lord. I don't want to take a stand either way. And the Lord said, prophesy. Speak to these bones. Speak because you serve the God of the impossible. And nothing happens in the spirit world till you open your mouth and you speak life. You speak life to your dreams. You speak life to your call. You speak life to your children. You speak life to your body. You speak life to your children's destiny. You speak life to the dry bones. You speak life to the low places. You speak life. You don't speak death. You don't speak complain. You don't speak disappointment. You don't speak let down. You don't speak you really hurt me. You speak life. And when you begin to speak life, then things start to live because the power of death and life are in our tongue. And he said, I'm looking for people who will become life speakers. I'm looking for people who will go into the impossible low places of people's lives and not encourage them in their depression and not tell them you're right, it is bad, and I agree with you, you have every right to wallow in your self-pity, but we need people who will be anointed with the hand of the Lord upon them to speak life and say in the name of Jesus, I know it's been bad, but you are coming out, and God does have a destiny, and you are going to make it, and you're about to turn the corner on your miracle, and I know you had a setback and I know you messed up but God's not through with you yet what am I doing I'm speaking life I'm prophesying that the Sun is going to shine again that 
goodness is going to happen again. That plenty will be your place again. That you're headed to a wealthy place again. In every way, and emotionally, spiritually, financially, He's tucking you through the fire to a wealthy place. Somebody put your hands together and give Him praise if you believe it. Come on, come on, praise Him right now. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. You serve the God of the impossible. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands and worship Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, let your hand be on us. Come on, raise your hand. Lord, just let your hand be on me. And let the Holy Ghost forbid me to not mess with anything that your hand is not on me to do. To not be with anybody that your hand has not been on me to be with. I want every distraction removed out of my life and you can forbid me to be with anybody or go anywhere you want to. Give the Holy Ghost permission and you're opening up to divine direction the moment you do it. He can forbid you and He can release you. And I hear the Lord saying, my hand is gonna pull you out of some situations and release you into some new things that are gonna make up for all the other wrong things that the enemy tried to destroy you with. Clap your hands. I feel the hand of the Lord upon me to do something right now. Woo. I speak life. I speak life to the alcoholic. I speak life to the drug addict. I speak life to the manic depressive. I speak life to people who have done all you can do and you feel like giving up. I speak life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's the God of the impossible. And His hand is coming upon you to do what others cannot do. When the hand of the Lord is upon you to do something, they can't do nothing about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Lord in this place. How many of you feel the hand of the Lord coming on you? When his hand comes on you, you're not bashful about it. When his hand comes on you, you're filled with courage and confidence to do exactly what he tells you to do. And you've got that eagle eye, a vision that will not be distracted. And the hand of the Lord is upon you, church. The hand of the Lord is upon me and it's upon you. It's upon you. It's upon you. Do you sense it? It's on you. The hand of the Lord is on my life. Say that. The hand of the Lord is on my life. You understand that I can't limit you if the hand of the Lord's on you. I know you work for the church and all of that, and I guess I, technically I'm your boss. But if God's hand comes on you to do a thing, do you actually think that I could stop you from doing the thing that God has called you to do? To reach people in the low places? And when His hand's on you to do it, There'll be the blessing of the leadership. We, we don't have our own thing going on here. I'm just telling you, that's how God, we keep waiting on somebody to give us a break, somebody to give us a chance. You let the hand of the Lord come on you and He'll raise you up. He'll raise you up. They'll just have to watch you do it because when the hand of the Lord is on you to do a thing and He's on you to raise a godly family, the hand of the Lord is on you for your marriage. The hand of the Lord is on you for your provision. The hand of the Lord is on you to do what you do. So, so quit licking your wounds, talking about where you messed up. That's just learning. Congratulations. But now the hand of the Lord in this service comes upon you not to live in yesterday, 
but to move to your greatest days of victory and success you've ever experienced in your life. Now there it is, that's that prophecy. That's that, that's that word that only God can make ring down inside of you. and praising like you believe that he still he still is going to do something in your days that will make people stand in wonder how many of you want the hand of the Lord how many of you want to speak life? I love that verse in the Bible about Samuel that said that when he spoke, not one of his words fell to the ground. He had such a prophetic anointing on his, on his words because the hand of the Lord was on him. And, and the Bible even said the dogs wouldn't wag their tails or bark if he talked. Read it. You ought to read it. it. Said that dogs wouldn't even dogs would run away if when he spoke they could hear something in his voice. Hallelujah. I want demons to do that. I speak life. I speak life to every situation represented in this room and online. I speak life. Oh, the enemy would love for you to. Get weary and well-doing and back up now. Right when you're on the brink of some of the greatest things. But I hear the Lord saying, speak life. I speak life to you. I speak encouragement to you. I speak destiny back into your soul. The hand of the Lord is upon you to do this thing. So strengthen yourself and encourage yourself and get up out of that place of a put down and stand back up. The hand of the Lord is upon you to do this thing. He confirms it to you this very hour. And what He starts, He will also finish. He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Everybody shout, complete it, Lord. I want you, if you want that, you sense this is a word in season for your life tonight. You want the hand of the Lord for the thing, not everything, anything you want to do, but I want the thing that the hand of the Lord wants to come upon me for. I want you to get down here in this altar. Just come and lift your hands. Spend a little time praying in the Holy Ghost, worshiping Jesus, exalting Him. Glorifying Him. Take some time. Don't you want the hand of the Lord to come on? Don't you want the hand of the Lord to come on?
you I'm commanding because fear is a spirit make you question everything you do won't even allow your gift to operate your intuition to be free to make a good choice because you're dominated by fear but right now I release you from fear in the name of Jesus praise God feel like there's power in unity tonight. We raise our hands together corporately. God will do things because there's so many worshiping Him right now. Let's just declare this over our lives, over our country, over our nation, over our world.
Praise God. Praise God. Wow. Wow. I believe some dead bones are living tonight. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, it feels good in here. Glory to God. Say this, the hand of the Lord is upon me to do some things that only I can do. God chose me. I'm a chosen vessel. And I'm going to do the thing that His hand is on me to do. He's forbidden me to be involved with everything and everybody. But He's releasing me into the thing His hand is upon me to do. And I will be unstoppable when the hand of the Lord is upon me to do it. Praise God. You receive it? Y'all want to go home? It feels good in here, doesn't it? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can leave when you want to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord's moving, church. The Lord is moving. Something's coming. Something's coming. Something good is coming. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody near you something good is coming. He's withheld some things. He's forbidden some things. But He's releasing some things. Every time you say yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. He can be trusted. You feel like singing something? What do you feel like singing? be dismissed, shaking hands. Encourage a brother, encourage a sister. Encourage a friend and a neighbor. Those of you in North Carolina, South Carolina, we're covering you. We're covering you and your property. In the name of Jesus. church in Spartanburg and they're saying that South Carolina could could be pretty majorly hit and uh, we just gone on and decided to try to be as proactive as we could we got with a great organization God's pit crew and we are getting five truckloads because that's last crisis like that you gave enough to get five truckloads of water and essentials. The beautiful thing about this ministry, God, is, is they don't just go in with a bunch of stuff, but they go in with like chainsaws and they go in with, um, they know exactly what to do in these situations and the things that people need the most. Uh, even the stuff that they spray uh, 
when a, when a house has been flooded. It's, it's, uh, you wouldn't believe the detail that this ministry that we like to partner with. So we've gone on and by faith, because that's our heart, is to be ready and to help people, right? So Sunday, we'll probably take an offering in all of our campuses to, to help people in need. We'll find churches down there and funnel the resources to. And, and, uh, but, you know, I pray that it turns around. But either way, we'll not be shaken. And we're going to be a part of the solution right here at Free Chapel. We love you all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you. Give you peace. And may the hand of the Lord be upon you. And may you speak life wherever you go. Love you all. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you Sunday. Be blessed.